It's Tuesday, February 23rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, it's Mr. Bill Barker. Good to see you. Good to be here. We've got a couple of secondary offerings, and we have a couple of fourth quarter earnings reports. We're going to start with the earnings. Home Depot, fourth quarter profits came in higher than expected, but shares falling a little bit today on concerns that 2021 is not going to be as strong for Home Depot as 2020 was. And I will just point out, shares of Home Depot over the past year, even with the drop today, shares are up a little more, like, let's call it 10%, maybe 11%, 10-11%. This is not a stock that has shot to the moon in the past year. I'm, I'm, it's still the same business. Uh, they've done an amazing job over the last 10 months uh, managing their business in the wake of the pandemic. Um, I'm, I'm not sure why there is at least a little bit of pessimism today about Home Depot. Uh, the pessimism, if there is some, uh, comes out of what uh, small amount of guidance the company gave. So before addressing that uh, the, on the numbers, uh, you know, the comps were up, uh, comparable sales at, at existing stores were up twenty four point five percent, or total sales were up twenty four point five percent, and comparable sales were up twenty five percent. So that gives you a sort of level set on how business did. They don't grow a lot of stores at Home Depot. They they just uh, keep doing a great job at the stores they have. Uh, not many closed, not many open. Uh, so it's not a growth story through. They they expand the size of their stores in many cases with side um, side lots for um, plants and things like that, and and things that they can put outside the the four walls of the store. Uh, so. Growth for the the company was about twenty five percent for the year, and as you say, the stock only went up, up about eleven percent. Part of that is because the sales growth was uh, more expensive, margins contracted because of the increased costs of operating uh, during COVID, and then the guidance is is a little weaker than what people might have been hoping for. Which is a they didn't give any guidance. They they said uh, the company said that because of the uncertainty of how things are going to play out. Uh, they, they don't feel comfortable giving guidance. But uh, if things look in 2021 the way they looked in the second half of 2020, they think flat to slightly positive comps for stores. Now, this is pretty comparable, pretty much the same story that Tractor Supply gave a couple of weeks ago during its announcements about the same level of growth. Their comps were about 27%, so very comparable operations and, and um, increase in business that each company did. And Tractor Supply's uh, guidance, which it did provide, was slightly negative to slightly positive comps for the, the year ahead. So really, for both companies, it's, hey, are you able to digest this incredible surge in sales uh, that the last 12 months, really the last uh, 9 to 11 months have provided, um, and maintain that? And, and if so, the two-year growth of the companies is very good. When you and I were talking about Tractor Supply last week, one of the things we discussed was their acquisition of um, a retailer in the Midwest, adding, you know, in one fell swoop, 160 locations uh, for Tractor Supply. 
When you look at Home Depot and the and the fact that they really don't grow their store count all that much, is that? I mean, I, I don't want to argue against that because clearly the their strategy has worked. If you're a Home Depot shareholder over the last ten years, it's been a, a really wonderful ride. But it, it is something that I, I just strikes me as a little bit curious. Uh, it's a choice by management, which is different from a lot of other places. And the growth for growth's sake has not been uh, what the company has, has pursued. Uh, it's, it's pursued a more concentrated uh, delivery of, of high quality of service to customers and hasn't um, been off making acquisitions and then trying to take a, a sub-standard brands and sort of raise them to the level of Home Depot. And as, as we say, it's working. It's just a different, different way of going about things. Um, and uh, shareholders can't be disappointed about their experience during that time. Uh, really, ever since about uh, 2011, 2012-ish, uh, the chart looks just just delightful uh, for for Home Depot. Nothing better than a delightful chart. Well, yeah, I mean there are these interruptions. You look back. Obviously, the business suffered. 2001, um, the recession. Then uh, 2008, 2009 takes a takes a hit. Uh, but ever since, it's just been great. The numbers out today from Case Shiller. Uh, home prices increased 10% year over year. So all of the low interest rates and people stuck in their homes, whether they're buying new homes, upgrading the homes they're in, it's been a, a year like, unlike any other for Home Depot. And I think just digesting uh, all of the growth that they've achieved and improving margins uh, is, is enough of a task for the year ahead. Macy's fourth quarter was the company's first pro- profitable quarter in a year. And if that were the only data point, then maybe shares of Macy's would be up today. But uh, fourth quarter revenue was more than 50% lower than a year ago. Same store sales were down 17%. Shares of Macy's are flat um, at, both today and over the past year. So it's it's rebounded from its lows from last spring, but I don't know. Like when you look at Macy's, what stands out to you? So a lot of the time when I'm looking at a stock that I don't follow closely, I take a look at uh, where it is today in terms of the stock price uh, and what its 52-week range is, and try to get a, a, like a, an idea of whether anything interesting is going on today compared to the longer-term story. And Macy's has been as low as $4 and as high as $22. So it's kind of right in the middle, kind of right in the middle of the range, which a lot of the time to me says, ah, nothing too interesting today. The top and the bottom of that range are interesting in Macy's case. Obviously, $4 a share. This was back in, in March when everything bottomed and the viability of Macy's would have at least for a couple of weeks looked highly questionable. Uh, the $22 range was really, Macy's became sort of a third tier opportunity uh, in the sort of Wall Street bets, Reddit uh, games a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and 
hey, here's another stock that we can maybe um, have some fun with was was an experience that uh, Macy's shareholders had for 24, 48 hours, something like that. It's it's back down to where it was more or less before now. So, uh, you know, unlike Home Depot, which is can we digest this great year and repeat something that looks at the top line, uh, at the comp level, no better perhaps than this this great year we've just had Macy's challenges. Hey, are are, are we going to be surviving this year? This is this is a survival game that Macy's and department stores, mall based, uh, you know, chains that that are anchoring uh, malls. Uh, you know, what is what does things look like? I think it's what you're putting in front of yourself if you're Macy's to get excited about, other than just the the economy reopening is getting back to your high brand um, opportunities, your signature parade and your signature time of the year to sell much, most of your merchandise, which is next Christmas. And will people experience a nostalgia um, to, to return to malls, an opportunity that which they really didn't get this year? And is that something that Macy's can, uh, can really take advantage of? If not, if this if if Christmas is not something in 2021 that looks reasonably like 2019, um, boy, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't look forward to the years ahead. Yeah, the company said that 2021 will be a year for recovery and rebuilding. I would just throw in there, they should also consider reimagining what their business is because the Macy's of 10 years ago can't be what Macy's is over the next 10 years, or they're in really big trouble. So, between about 2006 and 2019, nothing really changed at the top line. A lot There were, there were some acquisitions and there were some divestitures, but every year, this company did between about $22 billion and $27 billion in sales. There's, there's no, there was basically no growth between 2007 and, and 2019, 2018 for this company. Uh, it did become a little bit more profitable at times uh, during that, but then it would also take on tremendously awful one-hit years like uh, 2009 and, and last year. So it's it's been a you know, two steps forward, two steps back for this company for a long time. And that's in an era where many other retailers have not survived the decline in in mall traffic. Uh, So, Macy's has perhaps done better than some of the competition, but, you know, there's there's so many more interesting things that that have been going on that it's uh, been buying back a lot of its shares. And that's kind of kept the Earnings per share at a, at a reasonable level up until this year. I mean, we're looking at twelve dollars a share losses uh, for Macy's uh, in the last twelve months. So, uh, if they can survive, great. But I mean, that's a that's a challenge for some some excellent managers uh, in the spot that they're in. Shopify and Carnival Cruise Lines both announced secondary offerings. And both stocks are falling on the news. Not a lot, somewhere in the range of three to five percent. But something tells me these two very different businesses are doing secondary offerings for different reasons. 
yeah, Shopify is becoming sort of a serial uh, secondary machine, uh, getting getting one out about every quarter lately, which is good business. I mean, they've built up their balance sheet. Uh, I think they had a second quarter uh, secondary in 2020. They had a third quarter uh, convertible uh, and, and uh, now this secondary. So that has given them a lot of cash. They, they didn't really need to do this at any level, uh, but it it solidifies the floor. It, it, it brings the ceiling down. There are more shares out there. So, uh, there's more supply of, of Shopify shares. Uh, if the demand is the same, then, you know, that brings the price down for, uh, per share. But, uh, in terms of the floor and whether, not that I think anybody's really looking at what could go wrong, uh, for Shopify right now, um, because they're, they're doing an outstanding job managing hyper growth. Uh, but they've they've put all that cash uh, on the balance sheet, and that that just makes them an even more solid company to pursue the kind of growth they are pursuing. Maybe uh, make acquisitions, maybe make some mistakes, and not suffer too greatly from the consequences. Uh, and that is a very 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 different story from Carnival. Is Carnival? Do you think we're going to see consolidation in the cruise industry or you know we've seen over the last week and certainly over the last 48 hours uh, more analyst notes more commentary in the financial media about the businesses that are going to benefit from the great reopening and yesterday we saw airline stocks up and cruise line stocks up on this idea that Look, we, there are enough positive macro stories out there that we think the second half of 2021 is looking good for these businesses, these beaten down stocks. And that is one possibility, but I'm wondering if you think another possibility is the cruise industry survives, but as an industry, it is smaller. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly possible that the smaller lines, I don't know that either Carnival or Royal Caribbean or um, some of the other top ones are are likely to have to do that, but there are smaller, smaller lines uh, that, that may have to. Uh, the survival here, I mean, business has been largely shut, certainly in this part of the world. They may still be doing, I'm not sure, uh, Asian cruises, um, but probably not. And it's it's they're really looking forward to a reopening. But expenses are still going to be super high compared uh, to what they would like them to be in terms of keeping cruises safe and and also just the the messaging getting people they are doing a good job on selling out a couple years ahead people are have more confidence about signing up for for more than a year ahead on cruises right now than they have at many other times in the past uh but still the next three six nine months could be could be pretty tricky for these things and carnival needs the money they all do. They all need the money. Uh, their stocks have done well in the last couple of weeks. Hey, if you're a conspiracy theorist out there, maybe some of these upgrades um, are coming out of uh, your Wall Street shops that would like to help out on secondaries. 
Uh, I'm not here to pump conspiracy theories, but um, it's worth keeping an eye on. I mean, these stocks have done well in the last couple of weeks. There's a logic to that. Things are going to reopen. The light is more visible at the end of the tunnel. Uh, And if if companies take advantage of a, a higher stock price and get some cash that they need, that makes sense. If you're going to push conspiracy theories, I would prefer they be about real things like UFOs. Uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty bad at conspiracy theories. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be very good at them. Um, this is, this is one that, I mean, I'm throwing the word conspiracy theory out. It's like business as usual would be another way of <laughs> actually saying, well, when Wall Street uh, firms start um, promoting some, some level, is what's in it for them is a question that is worth asking as an investor. Well, I think like anything else in life, if you want to get better at something, you start small, you start slow. And uh, like I said, UFOs, just sort of ease into conspiracy theories, check out some websites about Area 51. And, uh, you know, that's that's your training wheels. You'll get going. I think, you know, in an apropos of nothing episode, we could, we could go into the pros and cons of our favorite uh, conspiracy theories. Looking forward to it. That would Bill be Barker, fun. always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.